Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Genesis 15.1. After these things, Abraham had just defeated the four kings with only 318 trained men. This was a mini militia. Abraham was nobody's joke. And just a, a couple chapters earlier, if you pay attention to the Bible, he and Lot had separated because strife between their herdsmen reached the boiling point and uh, tension in the camp and the two men had to go in their separate directions. But here's what I know about family. By the way, Lot was Abraham's uh, nephew. We argue, we make up, we don't speak, then we talk for hours. But at the end of the day, we're family, we're family, we're family. Family is really one of God's greatest works of genius. So after these things, pointing back to what happened in the last chapter, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, and by the way, God still speaks in visions and dreams. All a vision is, is God uh, kind of showing you a video. All it is, is him kind of painting a picture. And you, you know, we spend about a third of our life sleeping. God doesn't waste any time. He'll even give you dreams. You hear what I'm saying? So God speaks in various and sundry ways. That's what the book of Hebrews says. And in this case, he kind of spoke to him uh, uh, in, a, in, in a vision. And he said, do not be afraid, Abram. Now, the only reason God would say, don't be afraid, was because he was what? Afraid. So obviously, because of what happened in the last chapter where he defeated the four kings. And can you take care of these speakers on the platform, if you, if you will, for me? Thank you. You know, he, he, he was worried that those, those four kings might regroup and try to retaliate for the whooping he had just put on them in the last chapter. And sometimes it's easier to, to climb to the top than to stay at the top easier to, to obtain a victory than to maintain a victory. But here was God's word to Abram and God's word to each of us. Do not be afraid, not because you're tough, not because those 318 men are bad, but because I am your shield. I am that I am will defend you. The one who always was, the one who is, and the one who always will be, will protect you. Abraham was facing real danger. His enemies were many and adding up as the days went by. But God was saying, Abram, I got you. And then he continued. He said, I am your exceeding great reward. Most of us will settle from, for something from God. But Abraham knew better. God himself was his reward. Knowing God is its own prize. He said, Abram, I am. You see, every, you know, you want the car, you want the house, you want the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the husband. But, but watch what he says to, to, to Abraham. I am your greatest reward. And what he was saying is, the way I'm going to reward you in part is by my presence going with you. My peace 
being in you. And, and peace is not always so much the absence of trouble as much as the presence of God in our circumstance. See, I'm not afraid of, of, of where I'm going as long as God goes with me. You hear what I'm saying? Even in that messed up marriage, listen, if he's brutalizing you or she doing crazy stuff, bringing disease in your bed, you might want to think about it. But, but listen, even in our crazy marriages, married to that crazy person, God can keep you. Let me just say this. I don't know why marriage is not in my notes. But we're so mad at our spouse because they don't make us happy. That's our problem. Only God can make you happy. And when your joy comes from the Lord, what they do don't matter. All the pressing shifts from them to him. And it's amazing how God begins to work things out. Just a little bit of marital advice. Just talking for a second. I'm going to get back to the message. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Abram was like, God, I really appreciate the fact you blessed me materially. I really uh, appreciate the fact that you said you're going to protect me physically because I got some enemies, some people that don't like me. But, but, but Lord, you've given me everything except the thing I want the most. Ever been in a situation where God's given you a lot and you almost feel bad asking for that thing because he's blessed you with so much, but there's still that one thing that you want almost more than every other thing that he's blessed you with. Abram said, what will you give me seeing I go childless? God, thank you for all that. But God, what about this? Success in one area of your life doesn't always compensate or make up for the missing things in other areas of your life. God, I'm so grateful you blessed me, you know, maybe in health, maybe you blessed me financially, but God, I'm lonely. God, I'm so grateful that, 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 that you, 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 you're giving me a, a good life and, and a good job and, and good friends, but God, my marriage. God, I, I'm grateful. You know, I'm in my right mind and, and you've given me a, an honorable reputation, but my child, God. All of us will find ourselves, if you walk with God long enough, in the situation of Abraham. I thank you so much for all of that, God. But what about this? And Abraham said, and God, the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. God, I have Eliezer as my plan B, but I want plan A. And God, I'm not settling. I'm not going to let go until you do what you promised. Even me, even me. God, I know it seems like I'm asking for a whole lot, but you were the one that promised. You were the one that said you were God. You are the one that said you're able to do abundantly above all that I ask or think. You are the one that called me. You are the one that made me hope and, and, and wish and, and reach for more. So God, I won't settle for Eliezer. I won't settle for plan B. God, you called me higher 
And I want the most and the best. If some of you say, well, I would never do that, that's your problem. God answering your prayer is not going to make all the lights in heaven dim because God has used so much energy to resolve your situation. Our biggest problem can barely be seen in the hand of God. Verse 3. Then Abram leans in, and at first he was polite, and, and he, he asked the Lord in the form of a question. He said, what can you give me seeing I go childless? But then Abram took off the gloves here. He said, I'm not asking the question now. I, I need you to understand me. He said, look, <laughs> you start talking to God, look, you know, you know, there's some attitude in this verse. He said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir, speaking of Eliezer. By the way, it takes faith in God's mercy to speak to God this way. But I think God prefers a sincere prayer over a perfect prayer. I have learned in my life, get real with God and God will get real with me. And I've said this many times. Sometimes I go down in prayer and I try to pray like, like you know, the man of God. God's like, I'm not talking to you, alter ego. Boy, would you tell me what's going on? Would you speak straight to me? Would you stop putting on? You're not my bishop. You're not my pastor. Nothing you say going to offend me. You hear what I'm saying? I know what you think before you think it. And what I've learned is if, if, you, if you stop hearing God, it may be that you're no longer serious with God. But when you get honest and you get real, it's amazing how God meets you in such moments. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, now everything that followed, and you could easily miss this, was a result of that bold prayer. Everything that's about, if he didn't pray the way he prayed, talking about look, talking about, okay, I, I was trying to be polite. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm about to tell you what I'm really feeling. If he didn't do that, the rest wouldn't have happened. So, and behold means look at this. And it's also connecting that what happens to what he just said. The word of the Lord came to him saying, and by the way, prayer still changes things. God said, this one, this Eliezer fella, this plan B fella, even though it's culturally what you would expect to happen, he will not be your heir. And I can imagine God looking at Abram as Abram gets his eyes, you know, like sauces get all wise, like, did I stutter? But one who comes from your, old, your own old body shall be your heir. But basically, what I want you to see here, God's saying, Abe, because you, keep it, you kept it real with me, I, I'm going to keep it real with, with, with you. And, and, and I'm going to show you. God didn't lose patience. God didn't get angry with him. I'm going to show you that I got you. Verse five, then he brought him outside. Every now and then, God needs us to, to change our environment. Get from underneath our self-imposed ceilings. Pay attention. He was in his tent, but God said, no, I, I need to get you outside. I need you to get under a, a bigger ceiling in order to see the enormity of what's possible. And when I look at creation, it, it, you know, it, I'm reminded that if God is, is, is powerful enough to, 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 to do all that, what in my life is too hard? Yeah. 
for God. Now, he didn't say to leave his situation forever or his tent forever, just for a moment. He didn't have to go far. It's just sometimes a change of environment, a change of circumstances just, just helps us creatively. And sometimes we just need a shift. You don't need to leave the person. You just need a little time away. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes you just need to, to get away to let your mind refire and God minister to your heart. So he brought him outside, outside his tent and said, and everything God does is meaningful. Look now toward heaven. He's saying, Abram, you're not going to change the world with your head down, you know, over the fact that everything's not going the way you want it to go. Everything didn't happen according to your timetable. Actually, what you're upset about is why people are going to be talking about you for centuries. Because this old man and this old woman had this baby. Everyone knew it was a miracle baby. And the very thing that you're so upset about may be the very thing God wants to use to bring him glory in the long run. Stay with me. He said, now look toward heaven. Abram, I need you to keep looking to heaven. Lift your head up. Keep looking to me. I got you. And then he said, and count the stars if you're able to number them. Now, he's, he's, God's basically saying, listen, I called them one by one. I know every star, every detail about every star. I know every galaxy on it. Abraham didn't know about no galaxy, but he, he, he knew, you know, all, all the stars. And in the, 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 the near eastern st- sky, you could basically see about, with the naked eye, about 8,000 stars or so. But if you're like me, you probably would have lost count around 50. How many of you think, okay, yeah. But that was the very point. God was saying, I'm going to do something so big, so big, you won't even be able to calculate it. There's no way in your little mind you will be able to keep track of all that I do in your life if you would just obey me. And this is important. If you're going to be successful at the thing that God has called you to do, The vision in you, this is so important, must stay bigger than the circumstances around you. And what happens sometimes is God gives us a a vision for our lives and and the rest, but circumstances shrink it and shrink it. And then it didn't happen when we thought it should happen. It starts shrinking. We start, uh, you know, uh, second guessing and maybe I miss heard and all that goes on and it starts shrinking on the inside. And then when it starts shrinking on the inside, you don't have anything to counteract the things happening on the outside. So what God is doing here and pay attention to what's happening. He's recasting vision with Abram. Now he told him, but I want you to know something about God. God doesn't just tell anybody anything once. The Bible says, let every word be confirmed with two or three witnesses. He will tell us and 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 tell us. He is patient. He's not like us. You know, with our children, like, didn't I tell you guys, like, I know how you are. And, and he will sing it. He will preach it. You'll watch a movie and, and, and you'll see it. I'm like, that wasn't even, you know that, that whoever, you know, created that movie was not thinking of that. But God popped it out at you and showed you something. You hear what I'm saying? You look at a tree and then all of a sudden you get a revelation. God knows how to say something to us. And he'll say it over and over and over and over and over and over. And if I keep going over and over and over and over and over again, you think, Abraham, I talked to you. We're we're already in chapter five. I started talking about this in chapter 12. 
but God just keeps saying the same thing. You know, that's how I got in the ministry. God wouldn't shut up. He just kept at me and at me and at me and at me. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to lose my mind. If you stay at me, eventually I'm like, I'm just going to have to obey either that or I'm going to go nuts. And here's the deal. When it keeps coming over and over, if you're walking with God and it keeps coming over and over again, the odds are it's God. And he said to Abram, so shall your descendants be. Not so shall your servants be. Not so shall your colleagues be. Not so shall your friends be. God intended to use Sarai's problem to become a testimony for God. And he would literally have offspring. In the end, God's ultimate plan is always worth the temporary disappointments. And Abram doubted. Abram debated. Abram disagreed and said, Lord, it's too late. No. He believed the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. This is what it all boils down to. Either we trust God or we don't. Abe here was not made righteous and the New Testament picks up on this fact because he did everything right. Abraham did some sideways things. We talked about them having an open marriage and all the crazy stuff and how he gave his wife away. All this, you know, we, we saw some stuff. Then he goes into a woman that wasn't Sarai, then got a baby, and then we still fighting wars over the same stuff that, you know, today. He didn't get everything right, but he was willing to trust what God had promised. We stand before God as if we are Christ, because on the cross, Christ stood before God as if he were us. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And Abram said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Okay, God, I, 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 I can believe the baby thing. And by the way, when he believed the baby thing, in effect, he was believing on the Messiah before he was born because Israel's whole function and purpose uh, before Christ was to give birth uh, to the Messiah that was prophesied uh, early in the book of Genesis where his, uh, the woman's seed would, would bruise the uh, uh, head of the, 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 the adversary. So, so we, we see here that, that okay, I believe the, the, the baby thing, but I'm struggling with the land thing. I mean, the, the, the land thing is giving me a, a problem. And, you know, faith in one area of your life doesn't necessarily transfer to other areas. Because I find people that have faith for healing, but they can't believe God to get a job. You know, I, I find people that, that, that might have, you know, uh, uh, faith for God to handle their bills, but, but they can't trust God in any relationship. And, and what I find is, you know, one area of faith doesn't always transfer for, for automatically to, to the next. And, and sometimes it's, Lord, I believe, but, but help my unbelief. And, and this is where Abram, Abram was. So 
God said to him, notice God didn't get angry. He wasn't mad. Didn't say when God grew wroth, none of that. God was giving Abraham space to grow. And there's two things we must give our children. First, roots. But second, wings. We have to give them freedom to grow and become who they need to become. So watch this. And, and Abraham, just what God's about to say was, was, was part of what they did at this time in history. So Abraham knew exactly what God was saying and, 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 and knew exactly what to do. He said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young now, this sounds really strange to us, but today it would be like God said, call in the notary public. I'm about to sign this contract in blood. Then he brought all these to him, so Abram had a part, and cut them in two, down the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two, though they were dead. Now, there are ten basic components to an ancient covenant. And already we see four of them. Number one, we see the covenant promise. I will give you this land. So wherever there's a covenant, there is a promise. There is a pledge. Uh, there is a commitment. Number two, wherever there is a covenant, there is a blood sacrifice. He said, cut in half uh, the three-year-old cow, the goat, and the ram. The third thing we see here is wherever there is a covenant, there is what is called the bloody path. After cutting these large animals, the, the, the ground was soaked with blood. Now, this three-year-old uh, heifer or cow uh, weighed about 1,200 pounds. This is not a little bit of blood. He cut the animal in half. This is a very large animal. We have goats and we, and we have other animals there as well and, and, and rams. So, so the ground is full of, of blood. And in the fourth, uh, the fourth thing you see in, in an ancient um, covenant was the blessings and the curses. The dead animal in these covenants represented basically, may what happened to that animal happen to me if I don't keep my side of the covenant. There was no stronger way in which God could speak to Abraham. And God knows how to speak our language, whatever our language may be. And God wanted to get across to Abraham the, 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 the immutability of his promise that God committed. This, this was not a religious experience. This was God of the universe pledging the guy that created the planet. You hear what I'm saying? The moon, the stars, pledging to Abraham that I'm going to give you this land. So God spoke in a way that Abram under stand stood and in verse 11 watch this and when the vultures came down on the carcasses meaning God didn't show up right away so buzzards showed up and they tried to eat away and steal the terms of the covenant but what do you do when God doesn't show up when you think he should when impatience and frustration and rising doubts try to eat up your assurance and, and steal the promise 
that's yours. But Abram drove them away. The only reason I stand before you today is because I've learned to swap my vultures for as long as I have to. But in the swatting, it looks a lot like praise. God, I love, get that. I will trust him. I will not let it go. I will honor God. I will do my part. As long as I need to wait, God, I will wait on my God. I will trust him. And waiting looks a whole lot like praise. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.